We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like, we call him uh, Gandalf because, like, he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again. I'm here to stay. Hello and welcome to the Uncontested podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I'm the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffen. Today I am joined by Deontay Burton's biggest fan, Taylor Peterson. What's up? I also have the guy who's eating dinner while he's on the podcast, Nick Crane. It's called multitasking. What are you eating, Nick? <laughs> Uh, some kind of random pasta. I haven't gone grocery shopping, so I kind of threw a bunch of together. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. I, uh, I cooked a chicken breast on the grill tonight, but I had it like soaking in hot sauce for like the whole day. So it was like a, uh, little marinade. Yeah. And then I, uh, threw some cheese on that bad boy and some bacon and had like a spicy chicken sandwich. It was pretty good. There you go. I have a recipe kind of like that. I, I soak chicken and salsa all day in the crock pot and then make taco chicken tacos out of oh, it oh heck yeah dude heck yeah let's get stuff all right well hey there's not a lot going on in the nba right now we are in the dog days it's dog for sure. days yeah dog days of summer we're gonna talk a little bit about the thunder summer league we'll touch on the carmelo anthony saga because as a thunder podcast you kind of have to right yeah we're going to talk about some stuff going on around the NBA, including playing a stock exchange game. We do have an edition of the Pop Culture Minute today. Let's start off throwing it over to Nick for the Thunder as a whole. 
Yeah, so like you said, uh, we probably could have a longer podcast about cooking than we could about the Thunder right now. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on. Um, but we had one more one more summer league game since we last had a podcast. Um, we saw uh, Hamadou Diallo do some more good things. Uh, we can see big we, ham, the big can, ham. <laughs> speaking of food, <laughs> we continued to see Ferg struggle a little bit. Uh, we saw Deontay Burton show a little bit of promise, and it kind of solidified that two-way contract for me. I was kind of iffy about it, but I don't mind having him on a two-way at this point. And then the big argument I've seen on Twitter between a lot of people about uh, Daniel Hamilton. Is he good? Is he bad? Should he have a spot on the roster? Should he keep his happy ass in G League? Uh, what do you guys think about that final game in Summer League and uh, Summer League as a whole? I guess I'll go ahead and kick us off. Um, I, I know a lot of people were kind of down on Ferguson in the summer league. I know he was given a lot of stuff uh, to, to kind of process on the court. And he just, I mean, I'm not going to be around the bush. He just didn't play well. You know, he didn't shoot the ball well. He looked uncomfortable with the ball in his hands. To me, the the whole five games of summer league, he just looked very, like, out of rhythm and uncomfortable. And um, other guys, I thought Hamadou Diallo, you know, they they really simplified things for him. I thought he looked good. He didn't shoot the ball a whole heck of a lot. It was kind of inconsistent. He didn't shoot free throws very well. But I, I think we saw that Hamadou Diallo has a, a very real NBA skill, being his athleticism. Uh, he can jump like crazy. I thought what, what I was really impressed with with Diallo was his ability on defense, whenever he was locked yeah. in, he used that athleticism, that that those quick twitch movements. Uh, I made the joke. He, whenever he got down in a defensive stance and like really squatted down and got his arms out, he reminded me of the Black Panther, like just how smooth yeah. and graceful. How he long was. and like, yeah, absolutely, and smooth. That's a good yeah. Way to put you know, it. he's not like. I mean, he's an explosive athlete, but he's not an aggressive athlete. He's a very graceful athlete he's you know not, he, he moves so he's not smooth. Hamilton bouncing off the walls he's you know he's very yeah that's a way to very graceful yep um Deontay Burton is the funnest player I've ever watched in my life maybe the greatest Thunder player of all time no, I'm just Man. kidding but he's very very he was throwing down uh, some dunks oh yeah yeah that he's was a crazy ball. he's a thick boy <laughs> man game winners he's already hitting the game winners he uh he Deontay Burton just to me he looks like the kind of player that Russell Westbrook would love. Oh yeah, you, you know, know? Russ is a and, Diala, and he reminds uh, me a lot of um, like pre Miami Heat chubby Dion. Yeah, you chubby Dion. That's a good one. That's a unique one. Yeah, I've heard a lot about PJ Tucker comparisons, and I've heard some, and they've made sure to justify it with loose, but some loose uh, D, uh, green uh, comparisons. Oh yeah, Draymond. Yeah. So, Draymond Green. I'm getting to Deontay and Draymond. I'm getting it mixed up there. But uh, yeah, some Draymond Green comparisons as well in the sense that they're just big, but they're still athletic and strong. Um, so yeah. I'm curious good, so. I'm curious if he can like cut out 5% of his body fat, how much of a freak athlete he would look like. Keep that yeah, bulk, absolutely. but cut down a little bit. I think that's big if he can right if he can just find a way to slim down a little bit and like you said still keep that muscle maintain muscle mass but uh yeah can maintain his athleticism I think he'd be a really good player obviously he needs to work on a jumper a little bit but he does have he just shows some ability uh, I mean he was he was efficient 
he was 59% from the field, according to Eric Korn's article he he posted about Summer League. Um, you know, he he's obviously a playmaker. I thought he he had three three assists per game. I thought he could see the floor really well. Yeah, he made and some you, good passes. He was constantly looking you know, for cutters, you know. Yeah. He was constantly, like, probing and trying to find a cutter. So he, MGL were pretty fun to watch together. They yeah, had some, definitely. Uh, they had some really cool connections. So that was cool to see. I, I kind of liked – I was listening to Down to Dunk earlier today, and they were kind of talking about how – he could essentially kind of be your PJ Tucker where he plays anywhere from, you know, he was a point guard at one point in college, but could play all the way to maybe like a small center even. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm willing to go all that far, but he absolutely could, could even play a small forward power forward position. And, and I know, uh, I know Nick mentioned um, his size, like his weight. And I mean, he, he is a thick boy for sure, but pounds. he, he uses his body really well in defense. He's very aggressive with that body and very physical, yep. you know, and kind of like Raymond, Raymond yeah, Felton. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he definitely, he, he has aggressiveness, which is really cool to see. And obviously he fits the Presti mold in the sense that he's long and, athle- and very athletic as well, even for a heavy guy. Yep. So I'm excited about him. I'm, I'm really happy he's on a two-way. And I, I definitely think they did that so early because they saw this before we did, which they often do uh, with players. And they were making sure that they picked him up before anybody else did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, you know, he went over to Korea, got the Korea MVP, which doesn't say a whole lot, but I think the fact that What's, what says the most is the fact that he continued to show improvement in his game from the time he was in college uh, now and up to this summer in summer league. So I think that was really good for maybe for his you know progression as a player and his development. So I'm really hopeful for him. Um, and the big ham, obviously, I mean, like Jacob mentioned, I think he's, he's flashy. And so it's easy to get you know very excited about his athleticism and his big dunks and even his steals. But I really liked how he moved on defense as well. I thought he was in great positioning. He handled uh, the ball better defense. than I thought he would. He handled the ball really well, and I really liked that. Uh, you know, Eric Horn mentions mentions in transition and on you know fast break. We talked about that last pod. Them getting rid, the Thunder getting rid of Mello and wanting to kind of play at a faster pace. And how you know last season, I really felt that that's when the Thunder were potentially at their best. Definitely. So. I think he fits that. I, I don't forward. remember if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but Hamilton's measurements, not Hamilton, sorry, uh, Diallo. Hamadou oh, Diallo. Diallo. Hamadou yeah. Diallo's measurements. Yeah, match- Ham- Hamadou, Hamadou, Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his, his measurements match up almost identical to Andre Robertson's. I mean, they have the same, they're both 6'7". Um, I think Big Ham might be a little heavier than Dre. Uh, they're both, I think, uh, Hamadou Diallo is about 220 pounds. They have the same wingspan. Um, obviously, Diallo's vertical and, like, those measurements are a little bit different. But as far as just, like, body structure, he and uh, Andre Robertson are, are very similar. And so, That's really you know, again, that kind of long, rangy athlete. Well, one thing he showed, too, I mean, he was 20 of 41 shooting. And he yep. definitely has potential. I mean, he has a little bit of a hitch, maybe, I guess you could call it in a shot, but I think that can be worked out. He's got I think a he double has potential hitch. to be a double hitch. Yeah. Um, so I think there's potential there for him to, to be able to develop a jumper as well, which would be huge, you know, definitely. with his athleticism. What did you guys think of uh, PJ Dozier? I thought he had a pretty solid summer league. Yeah, I physically, like, I like his body, but that sounds like really <laughs> creepy, but I like his body. He's like, he's got really long arms, he's, uh, he's pretty graceful. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think he's he probably, he's a big boy too for a guard. Yeah. Like six, six. I, yeah. um, I think he might snag that other two way deal again. I think I he think might be, might be on a two way again. Um, 
I kind of want to talk about Ferguson for a second because I know. Oh yeah. Twitter was just up in arms about his uh, his summer league and how he didn't wow us like we wanted him to. Um, personally, my my thought is pump the brakes on that a bit. Like Ferguson's twenty years old. He yep. he got put in a very uncomfortable situation with a bunch of guys that he's never played with before. I know you can make that excuse for everybody on that roster, but I thought Ferguson didn't handle the ball well as like a lead guard. However, I thought Ferguson's body looked a little bit better. I thought yep. he moved really well on defense. Size. Much he, as he could. <laughs> he got I think he averaged almost like a block a game, you know. He was very that, aggressive at the rim, pr- protecting cool. the rim. Uh, and I thought he made some great passes. There were multiple times in multiple games where I saw Ferguson make a quick decision to move the ball to an open man uh that that led to a shot or led to yep. the other pass that led to the shot. And I or think that's guys huge. on the cut, even when he had open shots, you know, uh, exactly. a couple of times, like early on in summer league, you know, he, he was having a bad game and I, you could just see it in his face. He was getting, it was past the point of, of, you know, so my dad coached me throughout high school or throughout a uh, elementary school and middle school up into high school uh, in basketball. And he had this phrase he liked to call deer in the headlights and Ferg very much had the deer in the headlights look, yeah. you know, wide eyes, no idea what I'm doing here. Um, and maybe not that extreme, but he definitely was uncomfortable. But there were times, you know, where he just he had gotten past that, and he just got like, "I'm pissed off, and I'm gonna scorch the world." And he, he there's like back-to-back pos- possessions in one of those first games where he just took one dribble, pulled up right in front of the defender, he drained one three, and he got close on the other. But uh, that's just a side note. What I was getting at is he had some open shots, like you said, Jacob, where there were, he made the extra pass to a guy under the basket or a cutter. And just that court vision was really, really nice and got me really excited. Uh, so when you have guys like Dre that he may be playing alongside of or PG or whoever it is who are slashing to the basket like that, that's going to be really nice to have. And I, I think that could really uh, could fit well. Definitely. Uh, I definitely think, like we talked about last pod, he he's a, he's used to being a role player. And I think when he's – the big test for me with Ferguson is going to be when he's back in training camp – preseason uh beginning of next season early on and when he's back around you know big time caliber players like he was last season and to see how he fits with them again and how he's developed in his comfortable role i guess definitely you know i I don't foresee any time next season in the regular season or the playoffs where ferguson comes out with the second unit and he's bringing the ball up the court he's the guy at the top of the key um directing traffic and then playing off of a screen and being that primary ball handler I, I think what you're going to want from Ferguson as growth off that bench next year is when he gets a pass from PG or from Raymond and he catches it at that three-point line, can he attack a closeout? Can he catch it and instead of immediately firing up, can he catch it and put the ball on the ground for one or two dribbles and keep the defense yep. moving? You know, Can he can he pass out a double team? Exactly. You and know, so but... I... I, I saw signs of that. I saw good court vision, good passing, good awareness, quick decision making, which leads me to believe that he's going to be just fine. You know, yes, he struggled, but he's twenty and he's coming in his second year in the league. You know, so I, yeah. I think he's going to be okay. I was going to say the same thing. He's his role in summer league is so different than his role will be this season for the Thunder and even going forward for the Thunder. I don't foresee unless maybe I'm completely different than you guys. I don't see Ferguson at any point in his career being a number one guy for any team. I don't think that's his ceiling. I don't think yeah. anybody expects that to be his ceiling. 
So I don't think there's going to be any point in his career where he's expected to to be the guy like he was in the summer league. So the fact that he couldn't, especially at this at this age point in his career, I mean, that, that doesn't worry me at all. Yeah, I I, and I think that lends you know some credence to our. Uh, I, it was like a month ago or two months ago or something when we were coming up with Terrence Ferguson comparisons. I was going to bring us, this up. Yeah, a lot of us said Ariza. You know, and yep. I think, you know, Ariza's never going to be your go-to number one guy, but he's that versatile, athletic, rangy wing that can play defense and shoot and isn't a playmaker, can but can make plays. Right. You know, and, and I, I think that that fits into exactly what we're saying here. Yep. I'm uh, high on the kid. I think he's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still high on Ferguson. We'll get into that in our game. I guess we got him in there. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned earlier, Taylor, how the Thunder are looking to uh, be a more fast paced, up tempo team without Mello. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring him up. Uh, first of all, I owe you Buffalo Wild Wings lunch. Yeah. I forgot oh, about- man. We, we had a bet him. last week that, that I thought Mello would be gone by the time we do our next podcast. And it really looked like it there for a little bit. It did. And yeah, then all, all the traction uh, caught up to it, and he's still sitting on the Thunder. And there's really no teams left with cap. The only team left with even a little bit of cap is Sacramento. I don't know if that's even a team that's willing to take on his salary. Uh, do you think at this point uh, we're just going to have to buy him out with nothing back, or what do you think we're going to do? Taylor, I'll let you take the lead on this one. So I think it's definitely looking more and more that way. Because even listening to guys like Woj and Mark Stein, Mark, I believe, and some tweets and that this past week and then Woj on one of his shows on ESPN or segments or whatever, they both mentioned how it's seeming more likely now, particularly with the moves that Atlanta and Brooklyn just made, you know, absorbing Jeremy Lin, then absorbing uh, Brooklyn, absorbing Denver, you know, Kenneth Freed and that whole trade. Um it's looking more and more like the Thunder are leaning towards buying him out and stretching that. I will say, though, the fact that Pressy just you know hasn't just come out and done that, I think he's definitely still exploring all options. I think you know he could be looking at something. I think Jacob mentioned this, and I thought this was a really good point. You do still have a team like Sacramento with a little bit of cap space, or maybe a lot of it. Um, like about so, $19 million, I think. Okay. So if you can talk to Miami and talk to them about maybe getting Dion in a three-team t- trade with Sacramento and sending maybe like, you know, Johnson or somebody to Sacramento with an Abrinas or, you know, fill in the blank. I think that's definitely still on the table. And I think there's definitely a reason why we haven't heard more talk about a buy- buyout happening, you know, uh, more imminent. But if nothing can come to fruition, then I think they'll definitely just buy him out and stretch him. And Melo will be a Houston Rocket with, yep. uh, with Chris Paul and – James Hard. I wonder if all these reports coming out that Mello will become a rocket, like that's his that's his destination, that's what he wants, is keeping Miami from trading for him. Although I don't know because Miami still wants the cap space next summer. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, the buyout doesn't have to happen. Uh, the deadline for that is August thirty first. So they have all the time. All you gotta do is find one person willing to trade. And yep. I, I think even if they have to bring back equal salary, the Thunder want to make this team better. And then, again, there's other moves you can make to cut salary elsewhere. Uh, but that Sacramento is really the only team with cap space left, and I don't think the Thunder will trade Melo to Sacramento. But like you just mentioned, Taylor, I can see uh, a possible three-team deal 
or OKC trades Melo for two players and then immediately yeah. turns around and trades one of those two just in the Sacramento's cap space with um, an Abrinus or a pick or something to incentivize Sacramento to do that. And and then the Thunder kind of get two birds with one stone. You you save yeah. some money while also getting off mellow and getting a, a, a new player, a uh, productive player in here. I've got a question for you guys okay. real quick. Uh, so it's looking like to get mellow off the books and make one of these deals happen, we're going to have to include a sweetener of some sort for one of these teams taking on salary. Uh, what is the absolute most you are willing to give up to make a mellow trade work as far as players go, picks go, whatever it may be? Oh, man, that's difficult. It is, but I'm going to – I will say, and I was going to mention this either way, um, so I'm glad that you brought this up, Nick. Jacob has sold me on the fact that if the Thunder do buy out Melo and stretch out that that buyout, that contract – I think they will try and make another move consisting of maybe Patterson or Abrinas. So kind of believing and trusting in that, I think the highest I'm willing to go in a trade to get Melo off the salary and not buy him out uh, or off the books and not buy him out. Sorry. Uh, would probably be Abrinas. I'm not sure I would do Ferguson at this point. That would, may be a hot take for some Thunder fans. Would but. you, would you, let's say, that there and it's it's hard to answer this question because you know like different trades would warrant like me giving up True. different That's things you know but uh um, Kevin Cleveland Cavaliers say hey we're ready to tank and we'll give you Kevin Love for Terrence Ferguson and Mello sure yeah <laughs> um the th- I think the Thunder knowing that they have their core locked up for four years allows them to make these de- make these decisions easier because they have more information they're not operating in the dark three to four years from now. Um, I think out of Ferguson and Abrinas, I'd rather keep Ferguson, right? I'm I think he's more of a long-term guy. Um, what if in order to facilitate a trade, you had to give up Abrinas and the big ham? Oh, you doing it? I know a lot of people <sighs> are right. Him it, right now. It depends. It, it depends on, you're right. It depends on the trade. Uh, I still think it would have to be a pretty big, like just for Dion. Or you know Dion and Johnson uh, out of Miami. I don't. I, I don't think I do that. Man, you're crazy. Well, I I'm telling you. I think D- look, Presty hit a home run with the Paul George trade. Right. He got back up to the plate. Use a little baseball analogy. Uh, he got back up to the plate last season with the mellow deal, the mellow pitch, and he was swinging for the fences, going for the grand slam, and he kind of struck out on that one. Right. So. He got PG to sign this long-term deal, and I think he sold PG, Russ, and potentially Steven on let's wait for – and kind of like LeBron, you know, him signing with the Lakers and just kind of rolling with it this season. They're waiting for the Warriors dynasty to break up, right? And that's going to be their chance when Russ and PG are at the top of their games to try and win that championship. Here's my hot so, take. That dynasty's done next season. The, the pot. Uh, that's, I like that. And that could be, you know. 2019, so the think, dubs are done. They want to keep Big Ham. They want I mean, to keep I, him I think. I think – that's blowing it out of the water. I like Big Ham a lot, but we've seen the dude play five games. He can't shoot the ball, which is a necessity in the league. Don't get me wrong. I like the guy yeah. on the road. He can be really good. He's a freak athlete. But right now, if you're telling me that you could add the number 45, 49, whatever he was, pick to a trade, and it is really enticing for another team, yeah. Do it. Do think – do you think Dion's going to help us win a championship though this season or next season or the season after that? 
I love Dion, and I love more for his personality than I do his basketball game. But I'm not sure he brings us there unless we have one other piece. I now, know, but, granted, but, if we have Kevin Love or something or somebody like that of that stature, then you can bring Dion in as like a sixth or seventh man off the bench. Then absolutely, because I think you can. He helps you compete. But right do now, you, I'm not sure he gets us there. Do you think? Do you think Diallo? I don't know how much summer league you've watched. Do you think Diallo is even a top fifty guy in this summer league? Oh yeah. I actually really? Yeah. Interesting. I I haven't watched enough summer league to say. What about this? What if in order to get a guy like Dion, you have to give up Daniel Hamilton? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. We didn't talk about Hamilton, so I had to throw him in there. Dude, I'm going on the record here. I'm already on the record on Twitter. I'm going on the record on the podcast that I don't like Daniel Hamilton's game, and I hope he doesn't get a roster spot. There's a lot Agreed. of people. I agree. Of all the people we saw, there's lots of others on the summer league team that I'd rather see over Daniel Hamilton. That dude I, only I passes the ball if he thinks he could get an assist. He dominates yeah. it. He makes poor decisions. He makes poor Daniel shot selection. I don't like his game. Hey, guess what? What? You sound like the fans of all other 29 NBA teams when they're talking about Russ. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's I know. Fair. Uh, Good point. All right, well, I think that's all we have for the Thunder. Um, Now we can talk a little bit about around the association where there's a little bit more going on. Yeah, so around the association, as we mentioned, it's kind of the dog days of summer in the NBA where you have summer league slowing down and you have free agency slowing down. You know, not a whole lot of big free agents still on the market and just the market in general seems to kind of be, kind of be dried up. Uh, but we did have two fairly big free agency signings this past week since we podcasted last. Maybe the biggest, and uh, some I've been hearing, listening to some podcasts and reading a lot about, Jabari Parker. He signed a one-on-one deal for $20 million with the Bulls, kind of a prove-it deal. What's your guys' take on Jabari to the Bulls, Chicago? I, don't, I like it. I, I like it. I like it for the talent. I don't see the on-court fit. Yeah. You know, I yeah, that's because I don't think and, and Nick, maybe you disagree with me here and um, we can definitely debate that. But I the Bulls want to play Markinen at the four. They want to play Wendell Carter Jr. at the five. I don't think Jabari can play the three. I just I don't think he can play the three in the NBA. I think he's like a mellow. He's got to play the four. What, what makes you say that about him, though? Um, primarily his 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 speed. His his abilities, especially defensively, I think he's got a better chance defensively to guard fours than he does to to keep up with threes. I just don't think he can he move kinda, his feet to keep up with threes. He gets his feet stuck in the sand, for sure. Um, I love his offensive game, obviously, and I think he has a lot of potential on that end, but his defense has just been really poor, and the effort's just not there. And sometimes the effort isn't there because, you know, like a Hamilton, he's just lazy. He doesn't want to. He just wants to be flashy on offense, whatever. I feel like with him, it's more of like he's defeated because he knows he's not very good at it, and so he just doesn't really try. Um, so that's a little discouraging on the defensive end. And the Bulls need some defense. And like I, I do like. I'm torn on this because there's like part of me that's like the Bulls have been bad, and you want to bring in like Levine and Parker because there's the potential there to you know get your fans back into it and maybe make the like the playoffs and like an eighth seed potentially but that's like the ceiling there you're not too far away still from tanking 
So do you really make that deal, or do you just go ahead and tank and get another pick next season? See, and that, that's why I, I like Carter. the move by the Chicago front office because it's a one and one, and it's a team. Yeah, op- it's true. a team option on the second year, and that's they, a lot of space. That yeah, that's them. that's twenty that's million true. in cap space next summer. That's they they could trade him to a team that really wants cap space in twenty nineteen at the trade deadline this year, and you know, get something, get a really good haul back, you know, yeah. for trading someone a massive expiring. So I, as far as that, I think it was a good signing. So fun side note right there. I was listening to uh, the low post Zach Lowe's podcast today. It just dropped earlier this afternoon. It was like the last hour while I was at work, listen to it some there. And then obviously, or, and then in the gym. Um, but one thing that I found very interesting, he was interviewing a reporter from Chicago, and this is bad podcasting. I should know the guy's name. But uh, he, he's covered the Bulls for a while, and he was talking about um, one name that Chicago fans have on their minds for, for either free agency or in a trade is Anthony Davis, which is really strange. But Anthony has ties with Chicago, I guess, growing up around that area. I don't know. something I never knew this. But uh, apparently they feel like he always wanted to come back and play with the Bulls. And if they could do some sort of trade where they got the right player or players around him or whatever it may be, that he might be willing to come and play for Chicago. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Because how do you think it happened? Uh, I think on the Jabari thing, A, it's a lot of money freeing up next summer. B, with the, with the team option, you could do some kind of sign-in trade next summer as well. That's true. Um, defensively, yeah. I'm not really worried about him. I think Wendell Carter is going to be the defensive rookie of the year this year. That dude, is he's probably not the most talented offensive big man at, in, the, in that rookie class. But, dude, he is a defensive stud. And he, like, With you when, they interview him, when they interview him and stuff, I mean, all he talks about is defense. So I think he's going to anchor down that defense. I mean, we're not talking they're going to be a contender by any means. And then lastly, I think it's going to be interesting as well. We've always seen Jabari, you know, kind of in the shadows, whether it's, you know, injured on the bench or coming off injury and trying to find his role in this brand new Chicago team. I think Zach Levine is the main scorer, obviously. But if not, I mean, what if we get to see Jabari Parker for the first time in his career, 100% healthy and the number one option? Yeah, that's true. That's, I mean, that's like Mello. Mello is... A, a 25, 24 night guy, even in his, in this age, uh, for the Knicks, and then comes to the Thunder and he's a third option, you know, trying to find a role. And he, everyone says he sucks. So what if Jabari, yeah. finally healthy, is a number one guy like everyone thought he could be? Or if him and Zach just play really well, you yeah, know, I mean, and bounce off each other really well. Yeah, that's I, a good I point. Think I, and then with with Markinen being able to shoot the three, I mean, like they're going to be able to space the floor, give give Jabari some room. I, mean, I, I think it's going to be an interesting team. For sure. Yeah, they'll score a lot. And they'll give up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, it could be a lot of fun. Dude, their starting units average age is like 22. Yeah. That's crazy. With Chris Dunn really cool. and Levine and Parker. We'll see if Cameron Payne can do Mark something. Yeah, dude, Cam I don't Payne. even know if Cameron Payne's going to be in the in the league in another year. That's true. Oh, I was so they, high on that On kid. the low post, they talked about that trade. They're talking about how bad it ended up being. Dude, I remember yeah, I whenever those bad. rumors, those – Cameron Payne for Rudy Gay rumors were going around and I was like you can't trade Cameron Payne he's too good I was such a dumbass <laughs> and that and that is why when y'all are talking about Ham- Hamadou Diallo yeah if, if you can you get a, if you can get a proven name in the league whether we're contenders this year or not with the Warriors if you can get a name that's proven themselves in the league like a Dion Waiters hell yes you give up Hamadou Diallo he hadn't done shit yet 
<laughs> I, I, I tend to agree with that line of logic. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So, Nick, you brought up Carter Jr. and how well he played in summer league. What about some other guys across the league that you guys saw this summer in Vegas that you thought really stood out? Kevin Wendell, Knox. Kevin, Kevin Knox, Knox has played great. Definitely. And then uh, Wendell Carter Jr. was one of my big ones. Uh, I know yep. we already talked about him, but uh, Carter Jr. just he, – he played really good. I think yep. you, you get him out of that Duke system and get him in more space and stuff, and he really proved himself. And then I like uh, – he's been showing a lot. I have no idea how to say his last name. First name is Svee on the Lakers. Oh, for the, oh, Lakers. Kansas. For the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm watching this game right now. He has he had 16 points in the first half. Wow. And everyone thought, that. Everyone thought he was just a shooter, like a 6'8 white boy shooter. I mean, he's, he's doing it all. He, he's Euro stepping. He's playing decent D. Like he, he's, like he's looking too. like a good player. I like him too. Also, on the Knicks, you mentioned, mentioned uh, Kevin Knox, but Robinson played really well. Also, yeah, what's his first name? He's going to be a, a second the round. Mitchell Robinson for them. or something. Yeah, Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell Robinson. I think he gives Enos Cantor a run for his money this year for starter. If if Enos can't play defense, dude, I mean he yeah, he looks yeah. he looks really good. Well, he'll at least get his playing time when it when yeah, it matters. He, he's he is a long center. They'll be fun if uh, Por- Porzingis can come back healthy. I really yeah. hope he does. And they're talking about putting Porzingis at the three. What? Yeah. yeah. Holy That'd crap! They're two, talking about playing three seven footers. Two Oof. two other guys that I thought were pretty impressive in summer league. Um, number one, we actually got to watch him play against the Thunder. Is Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. yeah, for that kid's Jaren, age, really man, good. he's got go go gadget arms. Those things just keep going. Like he's he's got a stroke. He's got like great instincts. He, I think he's gonna be good, man. I think he's I gonna be too. really good. Memphis you should be excited about him. And then uh, one guy that I kept hearing his name and seeing his stats, and then I actually watched him the other night, and he really impressed me. Best name in summer league, hands down, Forkin Corkmaz. Oh my that god! That kid from Philly, Corkmaz. Forkin, Corkmaz. That's cool. Yeah, he, uh, man, he was making plays the other night in that game where they came really back, cool. and I forget who they beat, but they came back and won. And he can shoot it, man. He slides his feet on defense. He uh, he was getting to the basket. Like he he played he played well. So I thought he was pretty good. I wonder if he's gonna find a spot on Philly this year. Cool. Here's a hot take for you. Best point guard in this draft, Aaron Holiday. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I like that. I mean, I like Colin, Sexton, Colin Sexton's good. Uh, Shea, I don't even know how to say his last name, Gilgis Alexander. Yep. Uh, yeah, he looks, he looks good. Trey Young starting to look pretty good. But as far as, like, on a decent team that can get minutes and can, you know, doesn't have to be a one-man show like some of these other point guards on crappy teams, I think, uh, I think the best point guard, Aaron Holiday. Yeah, nice. I think he can come and contribute next season for them. I think Pacers have a really good offseason. The, really yeah, good off. Pacers are going to be good next year, man. I, yeah. I like that team a lot. So another team out in the West who had a maybe not a good offseason as much as an interesting offseason is Denver. And Isaiah Thomas is the other free agent who signed this past week. Uh, he wanted the bench, the bench truck, but he got the vet uh, minimum. He got the <laughs> what do you guys instead. think about yeah, what do you guys think about IT to Denver? I love it. He's, I love it. They're um, they're going to score 120 points a game. They're going to score a lot. They, they might, might give up well. 125 a game. Very but they're well. They're going to score them. 120 a game. Yeah. If if they bring in 
him and Will Barton off the bench, that's going to be some buckets. Yeah, that will oh, be a fun second unit. They'll, they're going to they'll give the Thunder some trouble with that second unit. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, their second unit but. won't play a lick of defense, but I guarantee you there will be nights their bench outscores their starting lineup. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's, it's, it's an interesting. But it's a one-year thing, and you know, it is going to want to go back into free agency next year and and get as much money as he possibly can. It seems like that's that's kind of a big motivator for him. So, um, yep. but yeah, for Denver, for a backup point guard, I assume he's going to play backup behind Jamal Murray. 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 Yeah, I was about to say Crawford. It's like that's not right. <laughs> Jamal Murray. Um, I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's he's gonna come in and get buckets. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Jamal Crawford, free agent who still hasn't gotten picked up yet. Yep. We have some some few remaining free agents. I think the biggest one for me is gonna be Clint Capella. Really curious to see what him and Houston end up. Yeah. Doing. I don't see him going anywhere else, unless he like goes to Sacramento. But uh, yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens there. Do you guys have any others, or do you want to touch on Clint and Crawford or? Uh, Rodney Hood's still interesting, you know. Uh, Rodney is, Hood. That's is a good Cleveland one. gonna match something if Hood gets an offer? Is Hood gonna get an offer? Does Here's, he just take yeah. the qualifying? What happens with Marcus Smart? You know what happens? Marcus Smart's another, yeah. You know what's gonna happen is that one team that has that cap space we're talking about, Rodney Hood's gonna slurp that up, and there's gonna be no one to take on Melo's money. God, why do you? Why do you want to make me sad? <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. The, the the one team that still has money, I think Rodney Hood would, would fit really good on the uh, on the Kings. Yeah, probably. It'd be a gamble, but it, it could it could be worth it. Kind of like Jabari Parker. Yep. He's a good player. He averaged 17 a game. Yeah. For the for the Jazz for many years. Remember, we were talking about him at trade trade de- trade deadline. Yep. We were yeah. Pretty excited about him. He's he's a scorer. I know he he uh, went to Cleveland and didn't do a whole lot, but. Uh, I think he could come to Oklahoma City and be a good like third scorer, a guy off the bench type of type of player, you know. But yeah, he's long. Yeah, definitely. He is long. Yeah. Well, uh, well, you guys want to play a game? Heck yeah! I, I love games. Another Let's chance to beat Taylor. Another <laughs> chance to beat Taylor. Are you guys going to bet something on this game too? Yes. Man, you can't really bet anything on this <laughs> yes. game. This isn't like a winner or loser game. <laughs> um, we're going to play a game called the Stock Exchange. So what's going to happen here is I have a list of players. I have five league-wide players – or sorry, ten league-wide players, five Thunder players. And we're going to treat these players like they are stocks. Okay, I'm going to give you the player. You guys have to tell me, are you buying their stock? Meaning you you, you think you can buy and that they're um, – their value will go up. Are you selling that stock? Meaning you have the stock and you think they've maxed out and you want to get paid before the, the stock starts to decline. Or are you going to sit on it, which is basically a cop out, meaning you're going to hold on to the stock for right now. Cause you're unsure. Okay. Uh, question. Yes. Is their stock value based on their money they're getting? Uh, this, this season. You, you can make that part of your argument for sure. Okay, okay. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a player. You guys tell me if you're buying, selling, or sitting, and give me a little reason why we don't want to take like a whole lot of time on this, so about 30 seconds per person uh, on your explanations. Let's start with a guy that we've already talked about on this podcast, Jabari Parker. Nick, are you buying, selling, or tr- uh, or sitting on Jabari Parker stock? I'm going to sit. I don't want to buy in a whole lot, although... 
long term his value could be really really nice there's still we still haven't seen a fully healthy Jabari so it's tough to really buy in on that Taylor what about you so I actually said I was going to sell and here's the thing I think if he would have stayed with Milwaukee or possibly ended up in another system I would have gone ahead and went with a gamble and said bye but I think it's a little too risky in that system and I'm a little worried about him coming off that injury I'm going to go ahead and sell all right, very good. Next player, Marcus Smart. Taylor, are you buying, selling, or sitting on Marcus Smart stock? So I don't think Marcus Smart's stock's going to necessarily soar, but I think it's going to constantly increase. So I said buying. He's a great role player for any contender. He's kind of like a, a, a Robertson or a Draymond Green type uh, glue impact player. So I, I'm going to go ahead and, ahead and buy on Marcus Smart. Okay, very good. What about you, Nick? I'm going to sell. Ooh, I think okay. he's, he's a great Ooh. player. You're a cowboy. You can't do that. I know, I know. (laughs) But if I'm buying his stock and I'm looking long-term to make some money, I don't think his stock gets any higher. I think around the league, he's a player that everyone likes. I think his ceiling is a role player. I think it's kind of scary to buy stock on Marcus Smart considering um, how players play in Boston and then when they leave. uh, It's like Boston gets the best out of guys. And so, you know, that's kind of what I would be afraid of. Let's continue talking about the Boston Celtics. Nick, Jalen Brown is going into his third season. You buying, selling, or sitting? I'm buying. Uh, He's young. Uh, He still hasn't even gotten that big of a role in Boston with them being so guard heavy, even with injuries. Uh, He still hasn't gotten, I mean, that many minutes compared to what he should be getting. I think if you put him on another team that he gets 35 minutes a night and shoots 20 shots a game, I think he could be really, really good, so I'm buying. Taylor, what about you? I'm, I'm buying all the stock on Jalen Brown. His points per game went up to 14.5 from 6.6 the previous year. His true rebounding almost doubled. His uh, field goal efficiency went up about you know, 0.04%. Um, everything, I mean, his three-point percentage, I'm really high on him, and I think he's, he's going to continue to be really good and improve. I've always wanted to watch Jalen Brown play with for Greg Popovich. I think that would be, I don't know. I just think oh, he's yeah. perfect in a pop system. All right, next one, Taylor. Devin Booker. I am selling on Devin Booker. I think he's a little overhyped. He's obviously an incredible scorer, but that is about it. And I have, so the Suns have finished in the bottom 10 in the NBA in offense efficiency every year, uh, every season of Booker's career. And they've also finished in the bottom five in defensive uh, efficiency as well. I just don't think you, I, I don't know if Booker's even a max player. I'm selling. Okay. I'm, I, I'm selling as well. Nice. That doesn't, mean, that doesn't mean at all that I don't like him as a player. I love him as a player. But I think if you put him on a team like, like say, say he went to the Lakers here in a couple of years when they have two other stars. As a third option, I don't know. I mean, if you if you limit him to like what Melo had last year, 16 shots a game on the Thunder, I think he's no better than Oladipo was for the Thunder. I think he's. I mean, obviously he's a solid, you know, 17, 18 point game a guy on a team right now on the Thunder. But like when he's the main guy, like he has been on the Suns, he's still not a guy that makes you a contender. Yep. All right, next one, Nick, I'm coming back to you. I think this one's really interesting, all things considered. You buying, selling, or sitting on Kawhi Leonard stock? I am selling. He's a really high stock right now. But we don't even know if the dude can play basketball. So you're cashing out, selling all of it? I'm cashing out. I'm I'm not saying that he's done. Obviously, he's still a great player, one of the best players in the league. But as far as, I mean, we, we also haven't seen him 
on a team where he's not the first option. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes to the Lakers, how he how he fits next to another star. It's too it's too difficult to say that I'd buy his stock. For sure, T- uh, Taylor, what do you what do you got on Kawhi Leonard? So I 100% agree that that's a smart thing to do. But looking through this list, I wanted to have one gamble, one big risk, and I went with Kawhi for my risk. Just because I think there's a good chance that if him not playing this past season was more frustration and tension within the organization rather than the injury itself. And I also think there's a reason the Spurs want so much back for him in a trade. Because outside of his attitude and outside of his super weird inner circle, aka his uncle or whatever, I think they know he's okay and know he's big time and they think he can only improve. So I think that's a good one to, to gamble on. I'm going to say bye. Right. I also think I also think guys like him that kind of puts you in the situation the Spurs are in where he kind of forces you to trade him and you know it's makes his toxic. makes his makes his list of teams small. I mean, you got to think about guys that have done that in the past have done it again. Like there's been like three teams now where Melo's forced his way out. What if Kawhi yeah. is that guy that anytime he's not happy, he forces his way out. He could be a cancer. That's a really good point. Yep. Taylor, I'm coming back to you again. Andrew Wiggins. I'm selling on Wiggins, and I I even looked at his stats, and they really aren't all that awful, or you know, wasn't that much of a decrease compared to his previous season. But I just am not huge on Wiggins. Uh, I think he's a little of a head case as well. He's not the best defender. I mean, he can be at times when he's engaged. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of have a bad feeling about Andrew Wiggins. All right, Nick. What I about agree. You? I agree. I'm selling. I don't like. I mean, he, he was a third option in Minnesota. And they still weren't able to even make or even do anything in the playoffs. Not that we did anything in the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah, outside of scoring, he still hasn't done what everyone thought he could do. Yep, true. Agreed. Okay, Nick, Demarcus Cousins. You got to think his stock is uh, is fairly low right now with the Achilles injury. Um, are you buying, selling, or sitting on Boogie? I am buying. I know it's tough to come off an Achilles injury, but being a big man. I don't. I mean, he's not going to have the ball in his hands quite as much as a guard would coming off that injury. Yeah, his I game's not think, based off athleticism. Right. I, I think. I think he's a guy that we have with the low stock right now. I'm cashing in. He's my gamble. All right. So, if we're using like their salaries, I'm going to go ahead and buy as well, just because he's literally not making anything this season. And as long as he just comes out healthy in January or February, makes it through the end of the season, he's going to make more. So you're going to make money either way if he's healthy. However, if there's not really a number on that. Um, you know, let, let's say he's still trying to negotiate with the Pelicans right now. I'm probably just going to play it safe and stay put just because that, that is a pretty bad injury. You just, you never know. He also could be a head case within the Warriors locker room. I think we talked about that a couple pods ago when the, that news broke. Um, so I guess I'll go ahead and buy at his price. All right. Uh, Taylor, Buddy Heald, you buying, selling, or sitting on it's, Buddy Stock? And maybe this is bad podcasting again because I don't necessarily have stats to back me up on this just with as with Wiggins, but I'm selling on Buddy Hill. He just hasn't developed into the, the star or you know maybe the player that people thought he could be coming into the league. He's shown really good flashes, particularly on the offensive end, but I just don't know how much of an NBA player he's actually going to be. Um, I think he'll just kind of coast for the next couple seasons and then maybe not even have a roster spot, spot anymore. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I sound like the least optimistic, optimistic person ever, but I'm selling him as well. I don't think he'll ever be in a case where he won't have a roster spot. He'll be a shooter. But I mean, yeah. I he he didn't even start a lot of games for the Kings last year. Yep. Yeah. That just that just tells you something. Like a guy 
that was supposed to be really, really good coming out of college and stuff, like he should be a starter for the Kings if he's that good. There's, there's got to be more to it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Next one, Nick, Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. Oh, it's tough. I'm gonna sit on him. I don't have a a, a yes or no answer on him by yourself. Exactly where I'm at. He yep. he's an interesting player. He's good. He's athletic. I, I haven't bought in on his shot yet. He's a decent shooter, but I mean, he's kind of one of those awkward. He's he's not a great shooter. I mean, he just he's a kind of in a weird fit. He can't really play small forward, but he's not. You he's know, kind of like stuck a, in limbo. Basketball. He's not, limbo. he's not a he's not a Blake Griffin type guy where he can play power forward. He, he doesn't really have yeah. a, a position he can really thrive in. Definitely. And I, I, you know, he's one that I maybe would have been willing to take a risk on if he had signed somewhere else and it was in a new system. I Now that he's in the same system, maybe there will be a little bit of improvement playing alongside uh, Mo Bamba. But in like, you know, something down low, they can develop some chemistry or whatever. But I just... You know, I don't know. So I'm gonna, I'm saying put on him as well. I, I think Orlando, like, it's hard to judge Orlando players right now. Uh, last true. one for the NBA wide guys. I think this one's interesting because I think his stock is sky high right now. So, um, you know, can it get any higher? Is it best to sell? Taylor, Victor Oladipo. So I'm going to do here what I should have done on Marcus Smart and stay put because their stocks are both very high, like you said. I do think Vic, I, I actually had typed out that I was gonna buy, and the more I think about it, the more I'm gonna stay put. I think he is gonna have another awesome season next season, but I'm not sure he's just gonna take that huge leap like he did yeah, between these for past sure, seasons. For sure. So just because of that, I'm gonna play it safe and stay put, but I'm, I'm rooting for Victor. I love Victor. Hope he has another awesome season in Indiana. Nick, what are you yeah, doing I'm, with Oladipo stock? I'm, do, I'm doing the same. Obviously oh, wow. Stock. I didn't think both of you guys would buy Oladipo stock. I thought you'd think he's maxed out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about max. That's why I'm not I'm not selling. I'm not buying. I'm just staying put okay. on him. He if, he, if he wasn't a prior Thunder player, I'd probably sell. But, I mean, in the system he's in, Indiana, he's still going to be the guy. Until he's on another team where he's back to being a second and third option, I think he's a safe bet to to uh, stay to, put. Stay put on. Yep. Nice. All right, let's move. Since we are a Thunder podcast, let's move to some Thunder guys. Buy, sell, or sit on this stock. Uh, Nick, I'll come to you first on this one. Terrence Ferguson coming into a second year. Are you buying Terrence stock? Are you selling Terrence stock? Or are you sitting put? Um, I'm gonna like I talked about earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay put. Um, his stock's not super high. That being said. I don't think his ceiling is anything more than a three, and then maybe D if he can if he can really learn to D up. Even if he became an, a really good defender, he's still not a guy that's ever going to be a main scorer, a main guy on any team. Okay, Taylor, what about you? So even if I'm not as high as I was pre-summer league on Ferg, I'm still high on him. I think he he can develop into a really solid role player, you know, at the least. Um, I think you're going to make money on it either way, so I'm buying. Although I'm not saying it's just going to soar maybe like I would have two or three months For ago. For sure. Maybe it would be like a slow burn stock where it slowly climbs up. Next one, yep. Taylor, we'll come right back to you. Uh, same position, probably going to battle Ferguson for minutes. Alex Abrinas. So I'm, I'm going with the, what Nick said, similar to Ferguson. I'm staying put for very similar reasons. I think at least in this, this system, I don't know if Abrinas is going to see a whole lot of improvement. Maybe just some more, you know. I think he'll have a better season, but nothing to freak out over. Just and, incremental, and buy stock. incremental for sure. 
Nick, what about I'm, you? I'm selling, even though he's a cheap stock. I, I still don't think. At the, I mean, at this point, he's not a guy like Ferguson where he's still 19, 20 years old. I think he's like 25 now. I, I mean, he's he hasn't shown a whole lot of improvement. I, I'm going to get my money while I can. Okay, yep. very good. Um, this next one I think is interesting uh, considering is. where he ended last season. you got to think his stock is pretty high right now. I think he's uh, almost another Victor Oladipo type. Jeremy Grant. Nick, are you buying, selling, or sitting on Jeremy Grant's stock? I'm going to sell it uh, because of because of what you said. He finished off the season so strong. I think he'll still be a great player for the Thunder, but he's another guy that I don't think made up if you put him on a on a Atlanta Hawks team I don't I don't think he's as comfortable in that role I think the role he's in here is the fits best him well yeah. fits him well I don't, I don't think he would be as good in other situations see I'm still excited about Jeremy and I know I'm not making as near as much money as if I would have invested last summer but I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and buy for one more season and because I think he is going to continue to, even if he doesn't add to his game, I think he's going to sharpen his game as the season progresses. Okay, very good. Steven Adams, Taylor. Big Steve. I'm buying because I think that man can still develop an outside jumper. Okay. I think, and at the very least, he's going to stay. He's not going to go downhill unless, God forbid, he has an injury or something. Yep. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, for sure. Nick, what are you doing with Steven Adams' stock? It's easy to say sell just because the direction the NBA is going with all the yeah. big men are being able to shoot the three. But he's still a guy that, I mean, he's he's going to get boards no matter what. He's going to, especially this year, getting getting more touches. I think I think he'll yeah. he'll get a little more offensive. Uh, he, he can run the floor with those boys too. Yeah, he can. He can. Very good. Last one. You got to think his stock is uh, is maybe fairly low right now. Andre Robertson. Nick, what are you doing with Robertson stock? I'm selling. His he's a guy that, unlike Boogie Cousins, that kind of injury uh, could damper his play just because he's known for a defensive player. And if he even loses half a step, well, what what's he going to do? I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I still think he's going to come back and be a great defender. But if in the case that he wasn't able to come back and be the defender, it's he was, risky. Yeah, he can't he can't do anything else. Yeah. Definitely. Taylor, what are you doing with Andre Robertson's stock? So I'm staying put, Andre, because honestly, I just, you know, best case scenario, what we're all rooting for and hoping for is that he's going to come back and just he'll be healthy and he'll be the elite defender that he is, potential defensive player of the year candidate. But I don't see him like developing a three point shot. I don't see him doing anything else outside of that. So you're not going to make a ton of money off his stock um unless you i guess you just look at it from this season him being injured makes the stock a little lower so i'm staying put just playing it safe andre hope he's healthy very good awesome well hey that was uh that was fun you guys had some some interesting takes that i didn't expect um we are closing in on the end of the podcast but we do have a pop culture minute i want to do real quick it's over nine thousand winter is coming i told you a million times my teeth are coming in it's called cleidocranial dysplasia Wakanda forever! and this pop culture minute it's a little bit of old news 
but I thought it'd still be fun to talk about. I don't know if you guys even know this. We've never talked about this before, but Quentin Tarantino, known for his movies such as Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction, Glorious Bastards, Django Unchained, has been brought on to direct brought on to direct the newest Star Trek film since J.J. Abrams is out doing Star Wars now for Disney. It will be the first rated R Star Trek movie in the reboot that Abrams started uh, years ago. And some would see Tarantino as a weird fit for the Star Trek universe and that, that series. My question for Pop Culture Minute is what other movie revamps or movie series would be different but probably really awesome with Quentin Tarantino directing? Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Oh, see, you and Kami are would be so much better at this than I am. So I'm just I'm terrible with movies. Now, like Game of Thrones and Westworld, like the people at work just come to me with questions because I'm just like a walking Westworld and Game of Thrones, like Wikipedia. But when it comes to movies, I can't even like remember quotes. So, but I do have two for you. All right. So, uh, I I was talking to some coworkers and then came home this weekend and. After a wedding on Saturday, was uh, kind of taking it easy, and me and the fiance turned on Seven on Netflix, which is an old detective movie with Denzel Washington and uh, Tom Cruise, and it's it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think there's a little humor, but there's also a little bit of action. So I think that he maybe would be good in something like that, uh, particularly with the whole you know Pulp Fiction, but to a lesser degree, obviously. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And then also like you know they're making a Top Gun. Uh, reboot uh-huh. or remake and Topkin's one of my favorite movies ever and so that's kind of the same way I think that'd be really cool with like some humor in it you know he can have, sure. kind of do like a, a, a funny twist on that um, so those are the two I got Nick did you have any on this I honestly have never seen any of the Star Trek movies or anything like that to be honest with you um, <laughs> I don't really have a take on this to be honest oh okay <laughs> so I am on Star Trek. I'm I'm very pro Star Wars. Not that I'm anti Star Trek. I just never have been able to get into it. Yeah, I am. uh, Two types of movies that I love. Uh, Number one is fantasy movies, things like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, The Hobbit, um, Harry Potter, things like that. And then post apocalyptic movies and TV shows um, after the nukes drop, when the world ends, whatever, whatever. And then people are surviving. I think either I one of those Tarantino, like, like, could you imagine like Tarantino redoing the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Like, See, I almost, just I how almost, like okay. profane and gory it would be, <laughs> yeah. would just be insane, you know? Yeah. And then I think his style of directing and his, uh, you know, just that again, that profane, gory, um, you know, kind of off the wall humor, I think would be perfect Almost for vulgar in for, a sense. Yeah, I guess, for, maybe. yeah. Um, for a post apocalyptic movie, you know. So that would... if we're looking at something like The Walking Dead, but Tarantino does it, you know, something like yeah. that, I think would be incredible. I love Quentin Tarantino. Django Unchained is one of my favorite movies of all time. That so. was a really good movie. I love, yeah, I love so, Django. Nick, have you seen Django? I haven't seen any of his movies. Oh my God, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm not a huge movie guy. You gotta, I know. I, I you feel gotta, like, but Django's so good. You gotta get on Netflix. Is Django still even on? Fiction too. Netflix. I know. I know. Hateful Eight is on Netflix. Hateful Eight. It's long, but it's really good. I need. I need to watch that. And then Pulp Fiction, obviously, that's just a classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you not seen Hateful Eight, Taylor? No, I haven't oh, seen Hateful Eight. Oh man, I yeah. To, you you need to sit down and pull up the pull up the Netflix and watch some Hateful Eight. It's uh. I, 
it's really good. I guess the one movie I guess I could say from what it sounds like, the kind of director he is, I think it'd be cool if he uh, did uh, the Magnificent Seven. Oh yeah, God, okay. that'd be perfect. Yeah, that's a good that'd be an that's awesome really movie. With there him. you go. Nick, you would you would love Django or Inglorious. Like I okay. promise you, you would love and, and Glory. Do you even know the plot to Inglorious Bastards? I need to. Re- I was gonna say I need to rewatch oh, it. Oh my gosh, oh, Inglorious wow. Bastards it's, 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 is just World War Two, and the Americans put together a small team of Jews to go over solely with the purpose of killing Nazis. Huh. They they just like beat the shit out of Nazis and and any of them that are left alive, they carve swastikas in their forehead with knives. Oh my it's gosh. Intense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty long too, if I remember. Yeah, right. one of them's name is the Bear Jew, and he just comes out with a baseball bat and just beats uh, captured Nazis over the head until he bashes their brains in. <laughs> it is awesome. It's a dent. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Oh yeah. Okay, well we should probably end on that note. what better way to end than with jews beating nazis brains in uh hey thanks for listening to our podcast if you enjoyed it please go leave us a five-star rating on itunes uh you can leave a review as well that would be awesome subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud google play follow us on twitter at the underscore uncontested our plays and our listens and everything have been slowly climbing our twitter followers have been slowly climbing Uh, a lot of cool things that we have planned for the future season i know it's still a couple of months away but we're gonna have a lot of season preview stuff we have a uh a bit of a uh, charities maybe not the right word a, a fundraising type of really cool project that we are working on getting all the details hammered out that's gonna be really awesome we'd love for you guys to get involved with that so just keep your ear to the ground make sure you check out our website theuncontestedsports.com we have articles bios all kinds of cool stuff on there you can also find the podcast Follow these guys on Twitter. Nick is at Two Cranes. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. And myself, I am at ThunderMob405. Eventually, we'll get Kamiar and Justin back on here. Um, The Mellow Saga continues. We'll see if anything happens by this time next week when we podcast again. If not, you'll probably hear more Mellow talk again. If something happens, you'll hear more Mellow talk again. It's all about Carmelo. Uh, Any parting words before we leave, gentlemen? nothing yeah all right well they're gonna watch um inglorious bastards and django unchained and we'll talk to them about that on the next podcast so that's your guys homework for the week uh until next time thunder up guys sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.